Hi, my name is Pam. The Old Testament reading is found in Exodus 3, verses 1 through 4. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. The word of the Lord. The New Testament reading is found in Hebrews 11, verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. The word of the Lord. If you're able, please stand for the gospel reading found in John chapter 5, verse 46. If you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. The Gospel of the Lord. Amen. Can you remain standing for us? I saw you, Lord. So we can pray, violating rules and stuff. <laughs> Father God, we're so very thankful for an opportunity to come out, hang out, hear from you. Father, so far, Lord, your presence has been felt in this place. Holy Spirit, we have felt the thickness of your presence in this place. So Father, I pray I don't mess that up as I deliver the word that you've called me to do. Father, we ask that your presence touch maybe not everyone, but please let it touch someone. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, all right, all right, let's, let's do this. Good. How's everybody doing? Good, 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 good. Um, my name is Ken. I'm the outreach and teams pastor here at New Life uh, Church downtown. But before I do that, can we thank God for our, our worship team this morning? I'm not, I'm not going to joke. I, w- I was coming down the hallway and I turned the corner. I looked in and saw Abby. And I, was, I dropped my binder. I was like, oh, oh it's Abby. It's Abby. Because it was Abby. <laughs> I'm so very grateful for an opportunity to stand in front of you. Um, I, it's an honor. It is just an honor to be able to share the word of God with the people of God by the spirit of God. And all God's people said, all right. So how are we going to do it today? Today we've been working through a sermon series on how do I. And it's a a look into Proverbs, different scriptures in the Proverbs, because Proverbs is basically an instruction manual for pretty much everything you want to do or everything or how you want to live your life in Christ. It's not everything you want to do because it it doesn't teach you how to change an engine out, but it does tell you how to love your wife. So let's go with that. So it teaches you how to enjoy life. Uh, we've, we've done how, I, how to be friends, how do I uh, use my words, and today we're going to look at how, I, how do I trust God. 
Now, so let me give, give a little premise to how we're going to do this. So the foundation of today will be Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 6, which is a very familiar scripture to most of us. So we'll look at that as the foundation to build our, this message on. And the walls, however, or the rooms, we'll, we'll look at Moses. Is that okay? Yeah. All in favor, say aye. aye. All opposed, the ayes have it. Let, it be, let the record show that, oh, I'm sorry. I come from a Baptist church. Okay. <laughs> how do I trust God? Say this. How do I? That's weak. <laughs> weak and sorry. How do I? Trust God. Because isn't that the premise of living our life? Everything permeates from that. How do I trust God? Well, here's the, here it is. You have to believe he is God. (laughs) Thank you. You can't trust in something you can't believe in. And if you don't believe in him, how can you trust him? Let me give an example. When my wife and I were dating, she asked me to watch a movie for which I I didn't watch movies at the time. I didn't watch TV because I was, you know, I was a disciplined learner of the Lord. No, anyway. (laughs) Focus. Okay. Jason was like, Ken, stay Stay. Okay. So she asked me to watch Talladega Night. Anybody heard of that movie? Okay. Oh, you're all sinners. Okay. So, so in Talladega Night, there's this scene where they begin to pray at dinner time. Anybody remember that scene? If you remember, clap. Just clap. You didn't enjoy it like I did. So my wife asked me to watch the movie with her, then she fell asleep. So I don't get that. But anyway, so I'm watching this scene, and they're praying over dinner, and, uh, and they start praying like, he's like, oh, thank you, God, six, ounce, six, ounce, six pounds, eight ounce baby Jesus, and I'm just praying. And then they start arguing over who Jesus is. And, and, and Grandpa said, Jesus is a grown man with a beard. What are you praying? And he was like, well, I like my Jesus as a baby. And so they start arguing about who Jesus is, and Kyle says, man, I want my Jesus. He, he's going he's gonna to wear a shirt. He's going to be a biker. And so they just made up their own Jesus, and they were arguing about who Jesus is. I'll just be honest with you. This is a side note. I told Kyle to make sure you monitor the volume on this thing. <laughs> and he said, oh, we have a gospel setting. <laughs> for those of you who aren't clapping, gospel setting is cold word for black setting, Okay. <laughs> Okay, focus, Ken. Come on now. All right. So here's my question. If you're going to trust God, you have to believe he is Lord. Which brings the question, what God are you praying to? I thought I told a couple of people to say, hmm, but I guess I did in this service. Hmm, what God are you praying to? Thank you. Because in my nose, I got that was deep. (laughs) Look at Exodus chapter 3, verse 13 to 14. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. Hmm. 
So you got to understand this. Moses was the former prince of Egypt. Got it? So in Egypt, you had 50,000 gods who oversaw 50,000 different things. And if you wanted to pray over water, you had to go to the water god, okay? If you wanted uh, food, you had to go to the food god. So there was a bunch of gods to do different things. If you wanted Air Force Ones, you had to go to the Air Force One god, okay? It's called Nicodemus. Okay, I don't know what his name is, but you had to go to that god. So when Moses was praying to God, or when Moses was talking to God, and he said, hey God, who should I say sent him? In other words, which god are we leaning on? Six pounds, eight ounce baby Jesus, or God, which God are we? And God says, hmm, I am who I am. Our versions say, some versions say I am who I am. Some versions say I, I am that I am. Some versions say I will be that I will be. So what was God saying to Moses? Because he understood the question. He said, I know what you're asking me, but the way you're asking me, I can't answer it. Because I am who I am. In other words, Moses, you don't understand the the journey you're about to go on. And throughout this journey, you're going to need different things. And you don't need different gods. You need I am. Because when you need water, I am that. I am. And you're going to need food along this journey. Moses, I am living bread. And at some point, it's going to get tough, and the people are going to repel, and, and you're going to turn to this guy, Moses, but don't do that. I am that I am. You've been praying to a lot of gods, little G, but I'm the big G. And somebody should have said amen, like really loud or something. I mean, I, I was like... I ain't even in my notes. I'm just telling you now. I am that I am. Our God is bigger. Say bigger. Somebody, but that's not a word. Yes, it is. If you understand it, it's a word. Our God is bigger. We have a God who is above every God. Amen? We have a God that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. We have big G God. There's a song that is written by New Life. It says, the mountains shake before him. The demons run and flee. At the mention of the name king of majesty there is no power in hell anyone who can stand before the power and the presence of the great I am somebody should have shot it right then because you wondering who am I going to pray to about these crazy kids believe he is God Who am I going to talk to? They're talking about downsizing my job. He is God. Who am I going to talk to when my husband is getting crazy? That's me. Okay. (laughs) How do you trust in God? You have to believe he is God. 
Because without that, nothing else matters. I can give you 27 steps to this and just read your Bible and pray and all the stuff that you learned in Sunday school. But none of that matters if when you pray, you don't believe he's God. My, my, my pastor um, who trained me in ministry, Addis Moore, he said to me one time, if you're praying to God and you get up worried about the thing you're praying for, you should get back down. Amen. Somebody should have said amen. amen. Believe he is Lord. Hebrews eleven six says it this way. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, exists as God, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Did you get the conjunction on that? I'm just showing you that I went to college. Did you get the conjunction on that? It says, and he rewards, and he answers prayer, and he walks with you when you're lonely, and he's there when life seems crazy. But you must believe that he is Lord. So God tells Moses, I am that I am. How do I trust God? Well, you have to believe he's God. God says, here's, here's how I am, Moses, because you don't know me. So I think God's got on his knees like, you don't know me. So um, first thing you got to do is you have to believe I'm God. The next thing you have to do is uh, you have to trust me with all your heart. So God is who he is, but trust him with all our heart is how he wants us to believe. In other words, God says, Moses, I'm calling you here, but I'm sending you there. Got it? Here, you believe some aspects of me, but before you can get there, you need to believe all of me. I don't want a little part of you. I want all of you. Let me show you. God says this. Look at Mark uh, 9.24. I want you to understand this. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Do you see it? He says, I do believe. Help me to overcome my belief. I do believe you're going to give me a job, but I don't believe that my husband is going turn his life around so we believe God in one area but we struggle with him in another area is it just me Uh, just me okay so here's what God is saying to you I'm going to show you Moses how you're actually going to learn to trust in me look at what he says Exodus chapter 6 verse 6 through 7 therefore say to the Israelites I am the Lord and I will bring you out. In other words, God says, you, you don't understand the process you're about to enter into. I'm doing this. He says, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord, your God. You get it? You miss it. He started off by saying, I am the Lord. He says, you're going to go through the process, and at the end of the process, you're going to come to one conclusion. I am the Lord, your God. 
Over here, you, you heard of me. But over here, then you will know that I am the Lord, your God. Over here, you accepted me as Jesus in Bible camp. But at some point in your life, you're going to know I am the Lord, your God. Over here, you accepted me based on my, what mama told you. But over here, you're going to learn to know me for yourself. So how does God do this process? This process is called the four cups. It's, it's still used today and still uh, treasured today by Jewish people. God gave four promises to do four things to get them from point A to point B. And let me just be honest with you. He does these same four things for you today. Here's what he does. So the first thing God says is, I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. Everybody got that? But then he says, I will free you from being slaves to them. Now on the surface, doesn't that sound like the same thing? I'm going to bring you out from under the Egyptians and then I'm going to free you from being under the Egyptians. Well, God, you're duplicating yourself. You're saying the same thing. No, no, the last time I said the same thing, it was just Moses, Moses. So these two things are different. (laughs) So what is God saying to them and what is he saying to you today? Mm. The first thing God says is, imagine this is Egypt or whatever your Egypt is. One of the reasons I love Celebrate Recovery is because we come to discover we all have an Egypt. Ooh, that was good. So the first thing God says is, I will bring you out. The problem is, Egypt is still in you. So although you're not in proximity There can be no intimacy because there's too much Egypt in you. So the next thing he says is, I will free you. So how does he does that? He said, well, you're going to see me do some miracles. And you're going to see me give you some tablets with some rocks. It's built, (laughs) made from rock. And then I'm going to call you up on a mountain And we're going to have some great conversations. And then when the people are talking about stoning you, I'm going to show up. I'm going to take care of that. And when you're stressed out, let me bring it in the house. Since you guys are like, I don't understand your old Egyptian thing. When life is treating you bad and you need a comforter, I am that. I am. And when things don't look right, and you just want to quit ministry, my testimony. He says, I'm that. So here's what happens in 40 years. Because God is a God of over time, not overnight. Over time of spending time with him, this is one of the reasons they don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Because he says, I need the people of God to be in the presence of God, worshiping me. The more he puts in you, the more Egypt comes out of you. Somebody should have said hallelujah right then. Oftentimes, you don't even know it. 
It's a casual conversation with someone who encourages you. It's somebody telling you, don't you quit. It's going to be okay. That's God using them to speak to you. And over time, without even realizing, wherever you started, you'll be that much further along. God loves you too much to fail. And he will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. Amen. Did you notice something? Because the, the third point is he will redeem you. Redeem means to exchange. You guys know that? Like you redeem a coupon, you get something. Or like, this actually happened yesterday, so you don't. <laughs> My wife took a vacuum that I bought her for Mother's Day back to the store and bought some jewelry. <laughs> she redeemed the vacuum. <laughs> and some of y'all ain't looking. Y'all like, is he kidding? No, I actually bought a vacuum. But, but I'm thinking it's on Wi-Fi. It's, it's a good, it's, it's a remote. It doesn't, you don't even have to vacuum. It doesn't, but she exchanged it. <laughs> So sometimes redeeming is good. <laughs> so look at what he, the last point he says. I will take you as my own people. I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord, your God. This last cup is called the cup of praise. A cup of halal. In other words, when you get to a point where you recognize that God saved you, And what he saved you from, you can't help but go, oh, thank you, Jesus. You can't help but shout. This is why I I can't help but jump and shout when I come to praise. Because I know what I've been saved from. And I know who I've been saved from. And let me just be honest with you. Who I've been saved from is standing right in front of me. Believe his God. Believe he will redeem you. He will. Uh, that's just the nature of God. The last thing is this. Um, if you believe he is the Lord. This one, sometimes we can, that one's tough. This one's tougher. If you believe he's the Lord, you have to believe that if he called you, It's for a very specific purpose. In other words, he called Moses and he says, I am sending you to Pharaoh. Very specific purpose. And if God has a specific purpose for Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Paul, Philip, then he has a specific purpose for you. Which means... Something happens when we get to our purpose. Sometimes we'll say, oh, this is my purpose. This is why God birthed me. And then it gets hard. (laughs) This is my testimony. I accepted Jesus as Lord of my life. Three months later, the senior pastor was talking to me about ministry. I didn't even know how to spell ministry. 
I knew nothing about. In fact, the first Bible study I went to, they said, turn to the book of John. And I leaned over to one of the people. I said, "Uh, I didn't bring that book. I I only brought the Bible. I had no clue about any of this stuff. It was crazy to me. I mean, fellowship, what? whoa, whoa, hey, I don't know about all that. But within three months of being saved, he was talking to me about ministry. Three years after that, I was licensed as a minister. Four years after that, I left ministry, burned out with no desire for ministry whatsoever. I found myself uh, sick. My health had deteriorated. Um, I was spitting up blood. I had multiple surgeries on my back. I got probably 12, 14 screws in my spine. Just life just got crazy. It seemed like the more I tried to do for God, the worse I got. To a point where eventually the doctors said, you need to move. I'm living in Houston. I said, move where? They said, move to Colorado. And I was like, what's in Colorado? <laughs> I didn't know anybody in Colorado. But I, they said, you need to move to Colorado because the air would be better. I came to Colorado. My wife and I found ourselves in New Life North. I had no interest in ministry. I thought, wow, this is big enough. I'll just blend in and fit in. <laughs> Can you say go to Nineveh? <laughs> One day I was at the church. I happened to walk into the sanctuary at North and they were working, doing some repair work in there. And I was like, oh, let me go stand on stage. I went and stood on stage. I had a vision that I was going to be preaching again. A week later, a week later, I packed up everything in my truck and I left. I left my wife. I left my kid. I left everything because I refused to do ministry. It was too hard. It was too hard. It's not glamorous. You, I'm going to get 15 emails about how bad I did, <laughs> what scripture I didn't quote right or something. It's just, it's a brutal, brutal business. So I turned around in Iowa. <laughs> well, actually, why I was in Iowa. <laughs> but I turned around in Iowa. I came back I was talking to my counselor. She said, you need to volunteer. You need to just volunteer. So I was up, up at North praying. I was volunteering. I prayed, and I said, let me go find out who the volunteer coordinator is. And it was Beth Vicara. I went to Beth. I said, hey, I want to just volunteer once or twice a week. So she was talking to me, and she asked me a question. She said, what would you do? And I said, well, I would love to write books on being healthy and dealing with health and dealing with mental health and those kind of things. And she said, I, I need you to meet somebody. So she got up and we went into what, what I now know as the uh, theater. And so we, she called Jeff Kazira out. Jeff Kazira came out and was like, what? Because there was a bunch of people in the room and I, I guess we were bothering him. I don't know. But he was like, what? And she said, um, you got to meet this guy. And so Jeff was like, I'll talk to you later. Come on in the room. And I was sitting there going, wait, what? <laughs> so I go into the room. I'm thinking it's a staff meeting because sometimes churches have staff development in the summer. I'm thinking it's a staff meeting. It ended up being a health and healing ministry. (laughs) After that, Jeff said, hey, 
would you come back to the rest of the days if it was free? I was like, okay, cool. Next thing you know, Jeff is asking me, would I be an intern in a department? Cool. Next thing you know, uh, I'm down here talking to Glenn. Glenn said, what would you like to do if you came down here? I said, man, I would love to do a Celebrate Recovery. He said, great. Next thing you know, they're asking me if I want a job. I said, no. (laughs) And he talked to me about something else. I said, no. And then I said, yes, I'll do this job because it doesn't require me to be in the pulpit or anything in here. It requires me to be out there. Seven months into it, Glenn and Jason said, hey, have you considered preaching? No. (laughs) I'm good. A couple months later, would you consider preaching? No. A couple months later, I said, okay, I'll I'll do it. So this past week, I went to them and presented them my sermon. Remember I talked about those rocks in the water that helps develop you? I talked about that. Let me introduce you to Glenn and Jason. Like my wife said, I couldn't say use the word trash because, but they constructively criticized, then deconstructed my sermon. And I was angry because I didn't want to be here. But something happened. I realized that God loves me too much to let me fail. And He will bring the right people as you're on the journey that will help you succeed. The book of Proverbs is about instruction. And sometimes the instruction hurts. But it's for your own good. Because God is not just trying to get you to something. He's trying to get you someplace. Let all God's people say amen. 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 One of the reasons we come to the table every single Sunday Because it reminds us that he is Lord. He has called us to a purpose so much so that he gave himself. He demonstrated how much he loved for us, that he died for us. So that you can be all that he has called you to be. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen.